It all comes together. Everything we've learned together is taking shape, transforming into a new beginning, a new understanding, a new way to be more human. From Winter Heart Studios, I'm Elgin Davis, and this is the More Human Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 18 of the More Human Podcast. Today's Halloween, so happy Halloween, I guess. I don't understand what is supposed to be happy about this holiday, or if it's even a holiday. But I digress. Happy Saturday. We're back in the closet for episode 18, and I am ready to go. No more announcements, except this is the third to last episode of season one. So if you haven't already, go check out my new Twitch channel that I have linked in the description, which is where I'm going to be doing pretty much everything content related entertainment related hanging out post season one of the podcast until i resume the podcast in season two next year so in the last episode we talked about human motivation and pursuits of meaning and fulfillment now if you remember we ended that episode talking about the pursuit of peace so here in episode 18 we're going to continue that thread let's talk about the equilibrium Okay, so people talk a lot about finding balance in life. I hear it most often in terms of work-life balance, which doesn't actually make sense, seeing as it's really all just life balance. But anyway, we're going to connect a few dots here and get into some actionable takeaways for pursuing this piece, this balance, this equilibrium, if you will. Okay, so this is a little blast from the past, but think back to episode 7, The Home. Do you remember the different rooms and what they each represent? First, we had the pink room, the relational or social space. It's the first room we see upon entering the house, and I recommended that you only bring people you trust into the pink room. This room is made for fun and making memories and having beautiful experiences with others. But poor company, even if well-intentioned, can make this room messy and gross And they can even do the same to your other rooms if you aren't careful and keeping a close eye on them. The second room was the white room, where there was a big picture window on the wall, and the light coming through that window changed the mood of the room. And the changes in that light filled up a cup of water, some quirky mechanism that I came up with. (laughs) And um, so the cup filled up a little bit more with each transition in light color. I warned you here that since you can't stop the light from changing, It's best to drink from the cup often to make sure it doesn't overflow and that water doesn't flood into the other rooms. This was the emotional space, you'll recall. The third room was a green room full of pleasant weaving vines and nice old books. There was also a small window for light in this room, higher up, closer toward the ceiling, and the light keeps the greenery alive, the plants, much like it does in reality, in addition to water and blah blah blah. So, there was a lot more to this room, but for now just remember that there was a TV and a computer screen that would drain the house's electricity if left on too long, and that the window with life-giving light can get really dusty and make the room really dark, slowly depriving the vines of nutrients that they need. I will note that a room full of dead plants doesn't smell too good throughout the rest of the house. And so this green room represented the mental space. The second to last room we saw was the yellow room. This room had a ton of exercise equipment, a distorted mirror, and a table full of your favorite foods. 
The house's control panel also lives here in the yellow room, which represents your physical space. Obvious warnings here were to not pay too much attention to the mirror, and to make sure the power is on all the time. Last but not least, we have the blue room, the spiritual space. You'll recall that there are suspended tracks leading all over the room, carrying water and curving like living rivers. There are no chairs, tables, or desks in this room, just candles all around the floor and a comfortable mat for you to sit on. As I mentioned previously, the candles have a mystic connection to the house, and if they go out, the whole house becomes really, really cold and uncomfortable. Either the water can get out of control and splash to put them out, or some other mystical sensation that we don't fully understand may cause them to go out. So those were the five rooms of our house of health, of holistic health, I'll say. So why am I bringing these up again? We're talking about pursuing balance and peace in life. And one thing you'll notice about balance, peace, and health is that they're so closely intertwined so as to be used interchangeably at times. What does this mean? Quite simply, I believe that achieving life balance and peace is the same thing as achieving holistic health, which means that if we keep the five rooms I just defined for you clean and orderly, we find our desired equilibrium and we find our peace. Last time when I talked about the home, I left the concept there for you to ponder a bit. And now that we're caught up, let's get a little bit more practical. What do we need to actually do to keep these spaces clean, thus achieving balance, achieving equilibrium? We'll go in order again, starting from the top with a pink room, or the relational space. Relationships are of the utmost importance in building meaningful lives for ourselves, and there are plenty of studies that suggest this, including those mentioned in some famous TED Talks. But at the same time, toxic relationships of all kinds, not just romantic, can do lots of damage, not only to the pink room, but to the entire home. Just as healthy relationships can strengthen and support your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual spaces, toxic people can harm those aspects of your life as well. And you need to become aware of these situations as they occur in real time. As you might notice, we're starting to see a real kind of culmination of the last 17 episodes of the podcast. Here in our pink room, this is where we use our tools to discern whether or not we're being manipulated by an imposter like we did two weeks ago in episode 16. We create and maintain healthy boundaries, like we learned about in episode 5. We can use our understanding of how love between two people can transform, as we learned about in episode 9. And we use our practiced and developed sense of empathy to make a proper, considerate decision and carry it out, as we learned about in episode 8. We recognize when people are stuck in the just world phenomenon and gaslight and blame victims, as we learned about in episode 10. We understand that our silence in certain situations has a human cost, which may be a cost to someone else's home, or it may very well be a cost to your own. We also covered the concept of forgive and learn, as we talked about in episode 12. There's so much to it, and this is just the first room. Let this podcast be a resource for you. But remember that knowledge isn't power until it's applied. Word to Dale Carnegie. Alright, so you kind of see where I'm going with the pink room and all of these different skills that we've been learning. So we're gonna step into the white room now, the emotional space. Think back to episode three, where we learned that emotions are experiences, they're information, and they all have something valuable to offer us. In episode 13, we talked about how your emotions are your responsibility to manage and yours alone. 
we don't have emotional babysitters. And if you're over 10 years old, it's nobody else's job to keep you from emotionally falling apart. The onus is on you. In the white room, this looks like drinking from the cup often so that it doesn't overflow and cleaning up the mess when it does overflow. Departing from the metaphor a bit, in reality, this looks like episode one with a black box, analyzing your feelings in real time as they come and change, and taking empathy as your superpower from episode two to help you intentionally choose how you respond to each situation. We also use the idea of emotional tracing here from episode four to clean up those past messes, as maybe a metaphorical mop or a sponge, we'll say. You'll recall from episode four that the idea of emotion tracing was all about sourcing your emotions back to the root to analyze a problem at its origin. We have to treat the emotional wound where the problem is, where the root is, not at the symptom or manifestation or the downstream effect. We need to do this weekly, if not daily, process of self-assessment. How do I feel right now? Why do I feel this way? What could be causing this? Do I need help? Do I have fear of asking for help? When did this feeling start? These are the kind of questions that we have to ask ourselves regularly in order to discover what we're feeling, label those feelings, and trace them back to the source, to the root cause. Going through these kinds of questions as part of your daily routine with defenses lowered, vulnerability on display, and all the emotional candor you can muster, this is how we take care of the white room, how we take care of our emotional space. I personally do this sometimes before going to sleep, and sometimes just after waking up. It depends on what works best for you, as I do what works best for me. Friends, family, and licensed professionals especially are useful resources to help keep your emotional space in form when you can't handle it on your own. Please, 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 please do use these resources if you can't handle something on your own. But I would say give it a shot on your own first with these tools. And if it's too much at that point, yeah, of course, get help. But the opportunities that we have to actually work on these skills to actually improve are, I think, really worthwhile. And they teach you, I'd say, emotional resilience, emotional agility, as Susan David um, terms it. Yeah, just overall emotional intelligence and knowing what to do with that intelligence. So next we have the mental health space, the green room. And remember, all of the spaces are connected, so nothing's really exclusive. Nothing's shut off from another room completely. You can get from any room to any room. So as far as mental health and balance go, we really need to pay attention to our information intake and keeping our minds open and not restricted. I'm thinking in terms of Carol Dweck's growth mindset, keeping in mind that we always have room to grow, room to evolve transform and that we also need to limit pointless patterns of thought as we covered in episode 14 with a good bad binary and i did my finger quotes there um <laughs> in episode 15 we also talked a good deal about perspective and entitlement these are huge with respect to unhealthy patterns of thought understanding that the things that we believe are not always correct and challenging what we believe every day, constantly, making sure that what we're believing, what we're taking in, what we're going along with is correct, is really, 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 really important. We also saw a TV and a computer in the green room. A rather obvious note that spending too much time consuming content on TV, computer, phone, tablet, 
whatever device you want to insert there, can really drain energy from the entire house, from the rest of your body. In episode 6 with Audrey, we actually learned also about the effects of media on our concepts of mental health, on our understanding of how mental illnesses work, how our own mental health works, what we're supposed to be doing about our mental health besides just saying hashtag self-care all the time. The light coming in the window of the green room starts to fade when the window itself gets too dusty. How do we keep the window clean and keep the plants alive? Keep asking questions, keep learning, keep growing, keep evolving, keep moving forward. Keep your mind open to different possibilities aside from the ones that you currently believe. There's always room for growth. And once you decide that you've grown enough, that you don't need to learn anything else, that your process is over, you've peaked, that's when the window gets really dusty and the plants start to wither and die and the whole house starts to smell funky and a lot of things go wrong when you shut your mind off like that. I see this a lot in terms of political parties and different identities and stereotypes and assumptions. And of course, things like racism and sexism and homophobia and the list goes on. If we're to reach higher heights as humans and as individuals, we have to constantly be weighing ideas different from what we've always believed. We can't take, that's just the way things are, or that's how it's always been, to be acceptable answers. Once we accept this is when we stop thinking and pushing the envelope, when we start to become these human husks that go through the motions and they just follow the shiny object wherever it goes without giving much thought to it. And of course, when we talk about mental health, Negative self-talk is also huge. It's a huge aspect to consider here, but I won't wax too poetic on this concept. Really, just be nice to yourself like you would be nice to other people. And if you're not nice to other people, that's a whole other problem. And now you have two problems instead of one. But um, <laughs> start with the self. So now we're in the yellow room again, and we have the mirror, the food, your favorite foods, the exercise equipment, and the control panel. We should also have a bed in here. Uh, so let's just put a bed in here. I guess I missed that in the first one. So yes, the physical space, eat right, exercise, sleep enough, love the skin you're in, all that jazz. Have you heard this a million times on every commercial? Every time someone tries to sell me a diet plan or sleep pills or, oh, like uh, beauty products and stuff. In all seriousness, the control panel is in this room. If your physical space isn't healthy, all of the other spaces suffer as well. It's hard to process your emotions, for example, when you have no energy, or are physically ill, or are mentally ill, or have not been sleeping. Those pieces are pretty straightforward, and since it's not as much of a physical health podcast, I won't rabbit hole too far there. And now we've made it once again to the blue room, the final room, the spiritual space. The connection you have to nature, to all of mankind, to the universe at large, is the last piece to the puzzle of finding balance equilibrium in your life. Last week in episode 17, we talked about purpose and meaning and fulfillment. The presence of purpose and meaning for humans is what keeps the water rushing around the room and keeps the candles burning. It's a lack of these things that causes the water to stagnate and the candles to fall dark. Maybe even if you freak out, the water rushes out of control and spills out of the tracks and puts the candles out. I think I might have mentioned that earlier. But either way, that's when the house grows really, really cold and uncomfortable. The home just becomes a building, one that you can't wait to leave, to escape. The principles of nihilism, or the belief that life is meaningless, comes to mind. I won't dive too deep into it, because that's a whole other rabbit hole, but 
what actions do we need to take in order to keep our spiritual space healthy? I would recommend that you find things that you can enjoy doing or being a part of. Find relationships that give your life meaning. Help others. Ask questions. Make no assumptions. Have faith, whether in some higher power or simply faith in yourself to find the answers that you're looking for. It all comes together. Everything we've learned together is taking shape, transforming into a new beginning, a new understanding, a new way to be more human. To find balance is to make consistently healthy decisions. And in order to make consistently healthy decisions, you have to know and understand and be familiar with the different aspects of health and what it takes for you as a unique individual to keep each space healthy. It's a lot, and it won't be easy, for sure. I'm still figuring it out myself. But let's focus on the first step. Let's just get started. And we'll take that first step together. Well, that's it for episode 18 of the More Human Podcast. And thank you so much for listening. Be sure to come find me over on Twitch. We can hang out, have a good time, play some games, draw some stuff, and just be human together, you know? From Winter Heart Studios, I'm Elgin Davis. And this is the More Human Podcast. See you next time.